Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Unless you are an only child, you are familiar with the love that siblings bear one another. The events of life with the meddling of others caused a rift between these two men and ultimately cost both of them their lives. The Seymour brothers, Edward and Thomas. Hi, I'm Rebecca Larson, owner of TudorsDynasty.com, and this is a podcast that we will call Between Two Brothers. Before we get started, there are some very important people that I would like to thank for the opportunity to provide you with a website about the tutors, an interactive Facebook page, and this podcast. I haven't been able to work on a script for a podcast for a while, and I want to make sure that I thank every one of you who supported my cause after the last podcast, and I'm so sorry it's taken me so long. I would like to start by thanking Anne for becoming a patron on Patreon way back on the 24th of last month. Thank you, Anne, for supporting me through Patreon. I really appreciate it. Next, I have a wonderful list of people who have chosen to support my page and given a donation through PayPal. Richard, Madeline, Barbara, Deborah, and Daryl. Thank you for your generosity. It means the world to me. I haven't discussed this much. But I will be a speaker at the first ever Tudor Summit that's coming up on September 3rd and 4th. The summit is completely free to attend. All you have to do is register online and you'll get to enjoy videos from some of your favorite Tudor bloggers, historians, podcasters, and authors. With that, let's get started with our podcast. There are instances when situations fester and cause strife between siblings that tear them apart. You know, like when one sibling critiques the parenting of another, that's going to cause a few arguments and then probably some avoidance. These statements ring true for the Seymour brothers, Edward and Thomas. Even though Edward was only three years older than Thomas, he behaved as the eldest son and the one who would gain the most in life. While Thomas was the fourth son and the youngest at that, his future was not as bright as his older brother. But Thomas wasn't like most youngest sons. He was ambitious, and while he knew he would never outrank his brother Edward, he wanted to get as close to the sun as possible. Of the three remaining sons of Sir John Seymour of Wiltshire, Edward was the oldest, followed by Henry and then Thomas. Edward Seymour eventually became Lord Protector and Duke of Somerset. Henry hung around court for a bit and then went on to become country gentry, a settler life while the youngest Thomas followed in his eldest brother's footsteps. He grew confidence when he recognized his own way with people. Most people like Thomas, more so than his brother Edward. I have a feeling that Edward and Thomas had an even closer relationship when their brother Henry was around. Those two could only get along for a short while before things got heated. Henry was able to play peacemaker, but with him away from court, there were outside influences on the relationship that neither brother could see coming. 
While it appears that the brothers had a normal relationship, there are clues of jealousy and greed intertwined with manipulation and revenge. The breakdown of their relationship should begin with John Dudley, the newly titled Earl of Warwick, and his desire to see another in the position of Lord Protector, namely himself. So what did the Earl have to do with it? Warwick played a game of chess with the brothers, speaking to Edward about what a great Lord Protector he was, and then going to Thomas and telling him how he should have been named Governor of the King. Warwick wedged himself in between the two brothers, putting himself in a very dangerous situation as well. Lucky for him, it all worked out. For a little while, at least. With Warwick whispering in his ear, the natural desire he already had to become more only intensified. Thomas Seymour felt he deserved a lot more as uncle to the king, and no matter what he did to obtain that goal, he was thwarted, either by others or himself. During all these arguments with his brother, Thomas was continuously trying to get a bill passed through Parliament that would make him governor to the king, a position he believed, and had convinced many others, he deserved. Unfortunately for Thomas, those who said they would back him did not follow through when the time came. Eventually, Edward Seymour would get a new letter patent through Parliament, which named him Lord Protector and Governor of the King, which he would hold during the King's Pleasure. This was changed from when the king turned 18, explaining why Thomas Seymour continually tried to get Edward VI to rule on his own. Was Dudley's interaction with the brothers what caused Thomas Seymour to seek a strong marriage? Seymour had only talked marriage a few times in his entire life, and they were all later in life. There was Mary Howard, Elizabeth Tudor, and Catherine Parr. I also believe he proposed once to marry Tudor as well. If we look at all of those women, what do we see? I see power. I see support in case one should need it. A duchess and a Howard, a princess with Protestant supporters, a dowager queen with history and power, and another princess, a very Catholic princess. All great matches for a man like Thomas. The only way he could marry any of those women was without permission, and then to hope that he could find a way to convince the Lord Protector that it was all his idea. When Thomas suggested to Edward that he marry Catherine Parr, he was quickly shot down. Little did the Lord Protector know that Thomas and Catherine were already married, so Thomas wanted to keep that marriage secret for as long as he could until he got the permission that he needed. So when Edward Seymour, Lord Protector, didn't work out for them, then Catherine suggested to Thomas that they use their close connection with King Edward VI and find a way to trick him into suggesting the match. When Edward Seymour discovered the two had been married, he was furious his own brother went around him and got his way with the king. Edward's wife, Anne Seymour, was equally displeased with the union. Not only did Thomas and Catherine marry too soon after Henry's death, but Catherine was marrying well beneath her station, since Thomas was merely a baron. Author Margaret Scard of Edward Seymour, Lord Protector, suggests that the beef was actually between Anne Seymour and Thomas, not the brothers or the wives. Catherine Parr still played the role as queen, with a household the same size as when she was married to Henry. Thomas Seymour, being the husband of Catherine, would have loved the feeling he got when he was the most powerful man in the room. Anne Seymour, let's just call her Duchess going forward, since she was Duchess of Somerset. 
The Duchess did not like sharing center stage with Catherine Parr, apparently. Once, while walking in a procession, the Duchess is said to have nudged or pushed Parr out of the way so that she could take precedence over her. She believed that she had the right as the wife of the Lord Protector, and because Catherine was only married to a baron, Thomas Seymour. Author Margaret Scared believes that the Duchess was adamantly against the idea of Thomas taking precedence over her, and that's where the dispute began. That Thomas, as the husband of the Dowager Queen, would be able to walk alongside his wife, and the Duchess would have none of it. It wasn't only what order to walk in a procession, the Duchess took it even further and wouldn't allow Catherine her jewels from the Tower of London. Both of the women believed the jewels were theirs. Catherine only seemed to care about the ones that were gifts from King Henry VIII and a couple pieces from her mother, I believe it was. The Duchess would not allow Catherine to have her jewels. Eventually, the two brothers were involved in the dispute between their wives. Thomas approached Edward on the issue, and they both agreed that Catherine should have the jewels. Edward told his brother that he would speak with his wife on the subject and go from there. Well, we're not sure what happened after that, but Catherine never got her jewels. Somerset, during this time, not only had to deal with the disobedience of his brother, but also of members of the council. Thomas Risley, in accordance with Henry VIII's wishes, was created Earl of Southampton, and in February 1547 was also a member of the Regency Council. Southampton was one of the few men who had always been engaged in an opposite party to Somerset. This marked Southampton as the enemy, since he did not support Somerset, ruling with the power of a monarch over the council. A month after being created Earl of Southampton, Thomas Risley was suddenly dismissed from the title of Lord Chancellor, which he had held since 1544. And he also lost his seat on the Privy Council. This was obviously to serve as a lesson to those who would disagree with Somerset. After Catherine Parr died, I feel like Thomas began to become a little unhinged. He erratically proposed to Elizabeth Tudor again, and then is suspected of trying to kidnap his nephew, the king. Eventually, things got so bad that Thomas was thrown in the tower. I'm certain that Edward felt horrible knowing his brother was in the tower, but I also feel like he knew it's what had to be done. The Seymour brothers, had they joined forces, could have become even more powerful alongside each other as uncles to the King of England. Unfortunately for Thomas, his brother Edward felt the power should all be his for the keeping. After Catherine Parr died, a servant of Thomas Seymour told him that, if ever any grudge were borne toward him, Thomas, by my lady of Somerset, it was as most men guessed for the Queen's cause, who now being taken away by death, it will undoubtedly follow that she, the Duchess, will bear him as good heart as ever she did in her life. Also, after Catherine's death, her cousin, Sir Nicholas Throckmorton, hoped that Thomas would change his attitude towards his brother Edward. He encouraged him to be more humble towards his brother and offered advice that if he were either wise or politic, he would become a new manner of man, both in heart and service. Throckmorton also condemned Thomas for his laziness and his ambitions to get what he wanted and told him that he should alter his manners, for the world beginneth to talk unfavorably of him. From early on, the Seymour brothers were gifted with titles. Edward was given the title Viscount Beecham after his sister married the king in 1536. The following summer, he became Earl of Hertford. At the same time, his younger brother, Thomas, became gentleman of the Privy Chamber. 
A year later, he was granted the castle and manor of Holt in Cheshire and knighted prior to the christening of his nephew, Prince Edward, into the Knight of the Bath. From that point until the death of King Henry, Thomas was continually given lands, but no greater titles. Those were saved for his elder brother, Edward. As we've discovered through this podcast, it was never enough. We can see from the beginning after the death of the late king that Somerset appeared to want to elevate his brother by saying, My lords, you know how long my brother, Master Seymour, has served, and how the king esteemed him, and if he had not died, would have given him great rewards. And you also know that it is time the Earl of Warwick was allowed to rest, and had another less laborious office. My brother is young, and is well fitted for the post, so if you approve, I propose to make Warwick, the Earl Constable, and my brother, High Admiral. If Edward and Thomas had only found a way to settle their differences, maybe neither of them would have eventually been executed. But we'll never know. Thank you so much for joining me for my podcast called Between Two Brothers. And don't forget to go to tutorsummit.com to get registered for the free online event that will take place September 3rd and 4th, where I will be a speaker. Thanks again.